You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pechemesh Israel, 5780-2019. This week's Parsha is Parsha Svayishlach. In the beginning of our Parsha, the Torah tells us about Yaakov Avinu Jacob, how he split up his encampment into two separate camps because of the danger that was coming from Esav. Esav was coming out to greet him with 400 people. And um, I'd like to share with you a thought from Reb Chaim Friedlander. I'm sorry, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. This is from Sichus Moser, a beautiful, beautiful idea. And actually, it's very much connected to something that I wanted to bring across in my new video, my new Hanukkah video for the song For the Light. And I'd like to share with you what he says, and I'd like to share with you the connection to my new video, which I encourage you all to check out. This piece is called Shimush Tamid Chachamim. The idea of learning from the actions of Torah scholars, learning from not just from what they have to say, but also from their deeds. It says like this: Isibe Gemara Sanhedrin. Gemara in Sanhedrin brings in Daflam Tesma Beis, page thirty-nine B. The pasuk in Malachim, Ovadio the prophet Obadiah. So he took a hundred prophets. And he placed 50 of them into one cave, and he placed 50 of them into another cave. Why did he do it this way? Why did he put 50 in each cave? Blazer says that he learned this idea from Yaakov Avin, from Jacob. That Jacob, he split his camp into two in order to protect them. Ovadia was protecting them, protecting his Nevi'im, that they shouldn't be killed by Ahav, if I'm not mistaken. So therefore, he split them into two groups. If one of the one of the groups would be attacked, so then, just as, as Yaakov Vinu said, that the second group would still be left. So too, that's what Ovadia did. Marsha asked as follows: This is what he says. Why does why do we have to say? Why did Rabbi Lazar have to say? That how did he know? He knew it from Yaakov Avinu. Why don't we say? Why don't we say that he thought of this idea on his own? Why did he have to learn it from Yaakov Avinu? I'm sorry. Maybe he thought of this idea on his own in order to save those who would be left over. Why do we have to say? Why do we have to say that he learned it from Yaakov Avinu, from Jacob? We find Gemara in Avodah Zara on the Chavheim and Beis, page twenty-five B. Turn around, Yisrael shins damen le'akum b'derech v'chule. Shalom le'heichan ha'leich. Let's say a person encounters an idolater on the way, and he's afraid for his life. He's afraid this person might harm him. So, if the person asks, "How how far are you going?" Yarchiv le'yis ha'derech. So, what a person should do. So the person should say, I'm going, let's say he's going 10 miles. He should say, I'm going 20 miles. Uh, you know, person should say extra. Why? What's the idea? Esav, when Esav encountered Yaakov, Yaakov did a similar thing. He said to him, when Yaakov encountered Esav, so their conversation was Esau said to him, Why don't you, I'll accompany you, I'll, I'll take you on your way, I'll protect you. And Yaakov said, you know, you go ahead and I'll meet you in Seir. But he didn't go that far, Yaakov, actually. 
He stopped at Sukkais, which is a certain location, which isn't that far. So the idea is that what's the what's the what's the reason that this is done? Why does should a person do this? In order that the person will think, you know, if he has any thoughts to harm you, so you'll tell him you're going a certain distance, you'll get to half the distance which you actually intend to go, he'll think that he's gonna get you at the end of the of, of the path, and then you'll you'll you know, you'll be safe. And we learn this from Yaakov Avinu. But again, the question is, why do we need to learn this from Yaakov Avinu? Why can't a person think of this idea on their own? Well, the Holon Ksiv, further down it says, The verse tells us that Jacob arrives in the city of Shechem, and he encamps there. The Medrash tells us, we find that there's an idea that if you live in a certain place, so you need to do nice things for that place. You need to benefit that place. Yaakov Avinu got to Shechem. He encamped there. He had a car satov. He had a sense of recognition of the good that was done to him, that he was able to stay there. This is obviously before the story of what happened with Dina. But he wanted to express that, so he set up a store that he would charge less. It was like a gemach store. He was charged less for merchandise that usually costs more. And then we find Mishnah and Medrash review how Maisa the Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai Rabbi Lazar Shnit Menu b'Ma'ari Shlishasarshana. I believe this is actually also a Gemara in Shabbos. V'Kishayatzu Nirpu b'Ir Tveria. Amar Rabbi Lazar Kol Ateva Azu Asa Salon Tveria Yenon Oganim La Mishnah Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. So there was exactly a similar story happened where Rabbi Shimon bar Yechai and his son of Belazar, so they were living in Tveria, and they felt that they had been protected by Tveria, that had been inside of the cave there in Tveria, Tiberias, and they wanted to do something to express their Akar Satov to the place where they lived. How did they know to do such a thing? They learned it again from Yaakov Avinu, from something that Jacob did. And the question is, they couldn't think of this idea on their own? Why was it necessary again for them to learn from Yaakov Avinu in this regard. Okay. So let's see, we'll see that there are other examples of this as well. He brings a few, we'll, we'll see if we read all of them, but I'd like to read a few more. There is a story with Rabbi Gamliel. He wanted to convene a Bestin, a court, and he commanded that seven people should join him there. But what happened was, he got to the location, and there were eight people who had come. So there was one person who had not been asked. Whoever has come up without permission, so he should go down, he should leave the place. That's what Rav Gamliel said. Shmuel Akotten got up, even though he wasn't the one who had come up there without permission. He got up and he said, I was the one. And he went out. He didn't want to embarrass the person who had come up there without permission. Okay. A similar story occurred. Very interesting. Rabbi Gamliel, so, I'm sorry, so Shimon HaKotten learned it from how, how did he know this? Because he saw it by his Rebbe. There was a story with Rebbe that there was someone that had come into the shear and he had a very bad smell coming from his mouth. He had eaten uh, strong garlic. So Rebbe said, whoever ate the garlic, Step out, please. It's it's disturbing us. 
So Rabbi Chia, who had not eaten the garlic, he got up and he left. And then everybody left. So, so he said, you're the one that did it. Somebody said to Rabbi Chia, were you the one who had the bad smell? He said, no, that's not it. I left because there was somebody who would have gotten embarrassed. And by me leaving, everybody also left. And by everybody also leaving, the result was that indeed the person wasn't embarrassed. Okay, so Rabbi Gamliel learned it from Rabbi. And where did Rabbi Chia? I'm sorry, so Shimon HaKatan learned it from Rabbi Chia. And because Rabbi Chia was the one who walked out, didn't want to embarrass somebody. Where did Rabbi Chia learn it from? He learned it from Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, one time, a certain woman came to his base medrash. This woman said, uh, she said a very uh, heavy thing. She said that somebody here married me with marital relations. Amen, Rabbi Meir, because of Laget Krisis Vinasanla. So Rabbi Meir himself, amazing thing. It wasn't clear who had done it. It wasn't clear who had married her this way. Rabbi Meir himself got up and wrote her a get, wrote her a divorce document. Then what happened? Every single one of the members of that base medrash gave her a get. And what was the idea? Because this way it wouldn't embarrass the person who had been, who had done this thing which was not so acceptable. Rabbi Meir, where did he learn it from? Shmuel HaKatan. He learned it from Shmuel HaKatan, like we said. Uh, Shmuel HaKatan was the first one who did it. Okay, that was the story where they all went up, where they all went in to judge the case, and there was an extra person there. Where did he learn it from? He learned it from the verse in Ezra, from this person named Shcheni Ben Yechiel. It says there in chapter 10, verse 2, Where did he learn it from? If you look at the verses there, you'll see the story over there. He learned it from Yehoshua. We find that Moshe did all that he could not to cause embarrassment. So, but the idea here is very strange or difficult to understand on the surface. See an amazing thing. An amazing thing, a powerful thing, an important thing, a por- important lesson. That a person is not supposed to do something on their own. person, even though, of course, I could think of this idea on my own. I could think of the idea to separate my the, the two. Avadya could have thought of it on his own to separate the Nevi'im, put 50 here, 50 there. Uh, each of them could have thought of this idea not to cause somebody else embarrassment on their own. But it needs to be something that we saw somewhere else. It needs to be something. About each one, the Gemara said, where did he know it from? Why didn't it say that he did it from his own, he did it on his own, thought of the idea on his own? We see a person should not do things on their own. When a person does things on his own, we don't know if we're biased. We don't know if this is the way that the Torah expects of us. It's a great danger. We don't know the end of things. See, if I have a Masorah, if I do it because my Rebbe did it, and my Rebbe did it because his Rebbe did it, and his Rebbe did it because he saw that that was what was done in the Torah, and they did it in the Torah because that's what they saw done by Yeshua back to Moshe, and to Moses, so then we have a Masorah, we know that this is the correct thing 
Moshe Rabbeinu was somebody who had divine inspiration. The things that he did were based on Ruach HaKadosh, based on direct instructions from Hashem. So we want to make sure that our will is aligned with Hashem's will because we want to make sure that what we're doing ultimately is going to produce good fruits, positive fruits, that things will be good in the end. We can't possibly know that, but we know if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the, the one behind it, if it's something that was done by, by Moshe Rabbeinu, by Yehoshua, and by great sages whose entire lives were, were, were completely seeped in the Torah, in the Das of the Torah, the will of God, so then we know that what we're doing is correct. Even these great sages, Shmuel Akat and Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Chiyah, also they only did it because they saw that their Rebbe had done it. Even though this is something that could have been learned, Misfara. Okay, so that's the basic idea, and it's a very powerful idea. I mean, there's more here. We'll see if we can get to it or not. But I wanted to share with you just a thought that was connected to my video. So I don't know if you saw the video yet, but the video. So in this in this story in the video, which is a made up story, I made up the story with Hashem's help. So there's a young man, and he'd like to to purchase a, a menorah. He'd like to get a menorah, a beautiful menorah. His family doesn't have the nicest menorah. And in the story, so there's an older couple, and they're reading the Sefer, Avas Chesed, which is about loving kindness. And uh, actually, it was really cool, because here we have this couple, and they're going to do a kindness for this, this young man, for this, for this child who wants a menorah. And when I first picked up the Sefer, Avas Chesed, to, to use it in the, in the video, it was Hashkach Pratis, and I opened up to a page which said, there's an obligation on adults to do chesed, to do kindness for children. Anyway, that was just, I always see interesting things as I'm doing videos, because gives me divine assistance. But um, why did I intentionally, specifically, wanted that they're reading the Sefer, that they're not just doing a kindness on their own, because it's a nice thing to do. They're learning the Sefer, they're, they're reading Avas Chesed, they're learning about the idea of kindness. Because, you know, this is the idea, and this is the message, and it's a very important message, especially for today. There's so many different um, opinions. There's so many different isms in the world. There's so many, there's liberalism, and there's idealisms, all kinds of ideals. But, you know, throughout the 5,780 years since the world was created, there have been all kinds of different opinions about what's the best way to go, what's the best way to live. We had the Romans, and we had the Greeks, and we had the Buddhists, and we had the, you know what I'm saying, the Christians and the, the Muslims, and we have all kinds of different theories of ways to live. But there's only one way to live, which is divine, which was given at Harsinai, at Mount Sinai, in front of 1.2 million people who experienced a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu of God in this world. And it was done concurrent to him having taken out the Jewish people from Egypt, an entire nation, 1.2 million, really probably much more than that, maybe 1.5 or 2 million people. Amazing miracles, followed by an amazing experience at Mount, Mount Sinai. And to this day, we keep the Torah exactly, precisely as it was given on our Sinai, by Hashem, by God, exactly how it was given, that's how we keep it, the Gemara, the Talmud, the sages didn't make up anything on their own. Everything was specifically given to Moshe Rabbeinu. It was a Tarshav It was written down about 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago. 
But before that, it was all that we had a, a very clear, authentic tradition that went all the way back to Mount Sinai. And so when we keep the Torah, when we do what it says in the Torah, when we follow the dictates of the Torah, the laws of the Torah, as they're laid out in the Paiskim, we know that we are doing God's will, and we know that we are following in a true chesed. If let's say we're doing the kindness, because that's what it says in the Sefer, that's what it says in the, in the Sefer Avas Chesed, that's a real chesed. You know, I might do something on my own because I think it's a nice thing to do. I might do a kindness on my own because it's a nice thing to do. I might get involved in saving the whales or I might get involved in, uh, you know, being vegetarian or all these different kinds of ideals that we don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're true ideals. Maybe they, maybe they might be a passing ideal. Maybe something that today it's something that's in vogue. The, the climate, the world, you know what I'm saying? All of these things, they may or may not have validity. I don't know. I'm not an expert in those areas. But what I do know is that whatever the Torah says is true, and whatever the Torah says is important, that's what's going to last forever. That's what's going to be real. That's what's going to ultimately give us a real society, a true society that's, that's going to give us what we're looking for in life. It's going to give us satisfaction. We're going to be aligned with God's will, and we're going to be aligned with that which is a true, a true reality. Okay? Now, with that in mind, so, you know, that's kind of what I was trying to express in the video is that these people are learning this halacha, or I don't know if it's a halacha that there's an obligation to do that, but the idea was that we're not just doing things on our own. We're, we're doing things because we're inspired by the Torah, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do these things. It's not just coming from our own self that we think, oh, that's a nice thing to do, or that's not the right thing to do. The Torah is what guides our every action. And that's the message here that Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz is teaching us that the reason that we do things, the reason that we, you know, the reason that this person went to such an extreme when it came to making sure not to cause somebody embarrassment, he himself admitted to having done something he didn't do. Or he himself admitted that, he, you know I'm saying, whatever it was, all of these situations, why do we do them? Why does a person have to have that sensitive, sensitivity? Because the Torah says, that that's the sensitivity that we need to have. And we know that because we saw that by our teachers. We saw it by their teachers. Rosh Hashiva, so Zangazuni should be very well. I hear the shirim from him every day, pretty much every day I listen to shirim of his, or read his sefer. And he always talks about, this is what we saw by, by Rabbi Aaron. This is what I saw by Rabbi Aaron Cutler. This is what I saw by the previous generation. And it's so important to know, he also says sometimes that this wasn't done in the previous generation. An example of something that wasn't done today, they come down and they don't blow out the candles after they walk down to the chuppah at a, at a wedding ceremony. Right? That's, that wasn't done. That wasn't done. Uh, people would blow out the candles. It's not a mitzvah to leave those candles burning. That's an example that he gives of something that wasn't done. But it's important to know what they did do and what they didn't do. It's important for us to know where we have veered from the previous generations. We need to know we have to get back to what they were doing. Sometimes we've added stuff that's not necessary. We need to know that that's not really what was done in previous generations. That's important to know as well. We need to know, why do we do it? Why did Ovadia separate the camp, into the Nevi'im, into two separate groups? Because Yaakov Avinu did it. He didn't just do it on his own. He didn't just do it because he thought, oh, that's a good idea. Because maybe if, if this group gets in trouble, the other group will be saved. He didn't just think of it on his own. He used the Torah as an example. Because whatever the Torah says, whatever we find that the Torah says to be true, that's something that we could take it as an example that's going to work for us. 
Because the Torah is eternal. The Torah was written and given 3,300 years ago. Our Avais lived 3,800 years ago, between 37 and 3,800 years ago, around then. And we're still here. Right? This is the, the Torah is that which keeps us, we're the only ancient nation that still exists exactly, precisely, as we were 3,300 years ago. Same people, same mitzvahs, same commandments, wearing the same tefillin, the same tzitzis, lighting those, lighting those Shabbos candles on Friday night. Same people. We haven't changed. And we're still here because this, the Torah, the way that the Torah lays out for us, that which we do is based on the Torah. And as long as we follow, as long as we follow that which the Torah says, we shall remain, our children will remain for all time. I want to bless you, I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be able to recognize and to seek that which the Torah wants for us, to seek the way of the Torah and that which the Torah wants from us. I apologize. Hashem should help us to be able to recognize those things and to be able to do those things and to be able to continue to exist through, our, through ourselves, through our children, through our grandchildren and great-grandchildren until the times when Mashiach comes and all the world knows the truth. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.